0: good evening everybody and welcome to punch kick choke chat my name is sean benson i'm one of your hosts i don't mean to make your head spin but it's 8:30 my time because i actually came back for like three days for her wedding to toronto and then i'll be heading back to the uh, 6 30 p.m for the rest of the summer but i just want to say hi to everybody we're so glad you're here with us and we're here with ben Ryder, who we're going to get so deep into uh his palmaris when sensei gives him the introduction but for now i want to jump right into a first question with him um ben Talk to us about Beat the Streets. You're wearing the shirt. And I know that this is something that's near and dear to you. And I feel like it's the perfect place to start and then break open some ideas from there.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's that's appreciate. Well, I just appreciate being here with all of you and the opportunity and uh just love the the um, you know, I, I wouldn't be just like many of us here on this call, I wouldn't be where I am today I wouldn't be the man that I am today without my journey through combat sports I started in, in wrestling then I was a professional MMA fighter for for uh, all throughout my 20s for for 10 years or so and uh and the life lessons that are packed in the sport take with me every day I wouldn't be the leader that I am the the the, the father the husband that I am with without all of those life lessons and the community that comes with it I would say wherever you find a mat you find a home and that's been true anywhere in the world um, which is pretty amazing there's not 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 uh not many not many experiences that could say that um, where it's such a uniting force and beat the streets we're 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 a nonprofit um we there's currently ten accredited beat the streets organizations across the country and we're reaching ten thousand youth every year and we use the sport of wrestling and the power of a caring coach in your corner. The power of, of, the, of a community behind you, a support network to positively alter life's trajectory for the youth that we serve. We're in some of the most under-resourced uh, neighborhoods in the country and, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's making a big difference. We're seeing that our youth are, when we think wrestling's the vehicle, but, but the, the mission is, is really to, to use, that, use that experience as a way to help our youth get on a positive path in life, um, gain opportunities, Let's uh, so learn how to set goals and work towards those goals, learn how to bounce back from failures, navigate challenges, um, navigate adversity, all of those humility, all the things that 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 I, I feel like most of the people on this call have learned through their journey, um, and uh, and we, we we do that in the way we do, we also do a ton of stuff off the mat as far as post secondary guidance, get a mentor, help with homework, help with with uh, applying to colleges or trade schools or whatever's next in that next part of part of their their chapters in life and it's uh it's just an honor to be a part of it really close to my heart I feel like um I've met so many inspirational youth coming through this organization and there's there's a really big need out there there's a lot of youth that we're not reaching yet it's amazing how far we've come reaching 10,000 youth across the country but there's a big need out there and and we want to keep growing this and building this so that one day we could be reaching a hundred thousand youth and, you know, You know, I think that, that there's going to be a day where, where we're reaching a million youth across the entire world. That's the trajectory we're on. So just an exciting, exciting movement to be a part of. And uh, really, yeah. Grateful. Thank you for for allowing me to share that.
2: Um, this, this hey, ben. Really, really close. Before we move past that, anybody stand out for you? You got anybody from beat the streets that you want to give a shout out to that it's like, this person started here they worked through your program. Now they're in university. Like you got any names? I'd love to hear some names of people.
1: Well, you know, there's so many, which makes it a tough question because there's so many, there's so many of our youth that, are, that I'm just so proud of. One of the things that, I mean, I was at, a, I was at a, a um, someone that I personally mentored a bit when I was first starting with Beat Streets Philadelphia, I just graduated college and it's on an amazing path. Like I know that this person that we, we would, we would talk on a, every week or early every other week, I feel like he'd be, you know, there he'd be coming in saying there's another shooting on the block. There was all, all sorts of, all sorts of challenges. Um, and, uh, and he overcame that and has been a leader and has been now coaching and helping other kids come, come through it as well. Um, so that's something overall that I just see the, um, I usually like to ask permission of our youth first to see if they want to, you know, maybe they want to join this podcast before, before saying names, but, uh, But the, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of that person just because I was just at their college graduation and that was a really special moment. The, um, we've seen youth where they're just facing some really, there's some really unfair challenges in life. And and we've we've seen youth having to deal with being in and out of homelessness, having the water cut off, having the the influence of just drugs on the corner every day, shootings on the block, all sorts of things that, you know, that are tough societal challenges. It's really difficult to break out of that, um, but our, our youth are overcomers, they're fighters, and embracing that mindset gives them the tools and support to go on and, and overcome some of just the, the really inequitable and unfair challenges that, that, that they can be facing and uh, it gives them a shot. The um, one thing as far as just across the, the the country, the culture that we're seeing this full circle culture building, now we have youth that have come through the program and giving back as coaches and mentors. And that makes me really proud to see um, that movement building. Because I think our our youth that have come through the program are going to be even more impactful for that next generation.
2: I just slammed a link up there, uh, Ben, that uh, Robert had sent to me um, for people who want more information on on that and i don't know how the sense of legacy and sense of Swino and sense of benson feel about it but it might be really cool to just do an episode with you and a couple of people who wanted to come on that and we just talk about like what their experiences are and just use that as a vehicle to try and help you um reach your million people that you want to reach let's uh, work together to get that done
1: that sounds great because it takes a it takes an army of supporters and leaders and it takes a lot of people to make this work happen. You know, it takes impactful coaches on the ground level doing this work every day, being that, being that caring coach in their corner. And it takes, uh, and it takes, takes donors. It takes board members. It takes executive directors and program directors. It's a whole, whole big movement and operation. And without, without people that are really driven and passion and, and uh, it's, you know, we can't, we We can't keep growing but we want to we want to keep growing so it just it takes people that's the biggest thing people resources and we can keep growing this movement
0: yeah love that um so let's break into this a little bit you know you said so many things and i know the sensei do fan and i specifically but all of us pay really close attention like transforms the lives of children through wrestling life lessons community but you said something a couple times caring coach in your corner talk about that idea because i got i get goosebumps when when i hear that phrase um it, it feels like that's that's the cornerstone of this and it feels really special talk to us about what caring coach in
1: your corner means yeah I, you know i always say that the mission of beat the streets and the impact has existed long before we've existed as an organization it really it's about that caring coach in your corner they're the ones that are changing the, that that relationship someone that's going to Come, come alongside you. Help you navigate through these challenges. Help you learn the, the the life lessons that are packed in the sport. Right, because when we think about wrestling as the vehicle, I mean, wrestling is a big metaphor for life. Everybody's wrestling through something. I hear people talk. I hear people use that word that have never stepped on the mat in the day, a day in their life, but they say I'm wrestling through a certain challenge, through a certain issue. So the mindset that you build through, the, and I and I believe this to be true just throughout my whole journey in combat sports. The mindset that you build through that, it's you. You take it to every area in life, and having that caring coach in your corner, and someone that could show different paths to success beyond the mat, and someone that, then being a part of this larger community that wants to see you thrive, that's the, the the secret sauce of of why what we're doing is working, and that's been happening long before Beat the Streets. But Beat the Streets, we we built an organization around that, and we've built a way to scale that and bring this to to cities across the country, and eventually across the world. And, and that's, uh, that's what we want to do. That's awesome. And, and, you know, some,
0: one thing I want to throw out, oh, by the way, uh, we also put up beatthestreets.org That's up in the, uh, in the chat box. One of the things I want to talk about, you know, a lot of people are drawn to martial arts, especially um, like a Japanese, like a, you know, that has a mythology around it. Actually want the harsh coach. Like -hmm. a lot of people are drawn by the idea that you're going to get, you know, beaten like Pi May and Kill Bill. Like if you don't have that, you're missing some of the experience.
1: Well, you could be tough and still care.
0: Let's talk about that. And I want to we're going to break this open because this is really key. I think, how do you give the person that drive that ability to go beyond what they know they can do, but also be caring in a way that doesn't coddle?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's it's uh, it's that careful balance where you're 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 presenting you're knowing the right next what's that next step right it takes you climb a mountain one step at a time right and 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 as people stick with a discipline for long enough before you know it years you know if you're if you're consistent over an extended period of time before you know it you've climbed a mountain and you're farther along that you might have ever believed you'd get right and that's that's the that's the, that's part of the journey so i think a caring coach knows how to knows that right next step as far as how do we stretch how do you stretch someone you know you don't let them fall down the mountain you stretch them to get to that next step and you continue to stretch them again and again and again and there and you do that through through um the you know the challenges and 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 pressure to to to, to go beyond our comfort zones right you got to get out of your comfort zone you gotta you gotta you gotta have that that bravery to do that to take that step and and, uh, and and a coach but but knowing but for our youth i mean knowing that they're not doing it alone right mm-hmm. you got someone you got someone there with you you got your coach you got your team and and that's how that's how growth happens that's how growth happens and and that's what we see in our organization and what
0: what
1: and what what you've all seen in in, in your journeys as well
0: Right on. So I'm going to go Sensei Suino, Sensei Dofan, then Hanchi Legacy. But I want to talk about this idea. Sensei Suino, you know, you spent the time in Japan. You probably met some pretty harsh old masters. Um, what What is that balance between that mythological, almost abusive teacher and a caring coach? And where does the blend happen best?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely true. Uh, a coach can be really demanding. You can train really hard. It doesn't mean they don't care. And Sometimes it means that they care more. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've been lucky. I've never met an abusive coach or sensei, um, but some have cared more than others. Some have pushed me more than others. I will say this, no matter how hard I've trained, you know, whether it be judo or or whatever martial art, whenever I go watch like a, a wrestling club, I cannot believe how hard wrestlers train. Even eight year old wrestlers, man, they put most of the rest of the martial arts world to shame. Those guys are just brutal. And that's why they're so tough. And that's why also such a high percentage of successful UFC fighters yeah. Right. You have a wrestling yeah. background.
1: Right. I, it's, I'm, it's something we're proud of in the sport. It's yeah. like, you know, embrace that grit, embrace the grit is, is, uh, <laughs> it's part of the, so it does, it it helps. It helps people grow and stretch themselves and meet new challenges when it's just part of the whole culture too. You know, there's a, you're not alone in that. It's what, it's what you do as a wrestler, you know, you go hard and you, and you, you learn that you learn that along the way. You know, yeah. Um, since it old
0: fat, hardcore old school, you know, five fingers of Death teachers versus caring coaches, where does it live?
2: I don't know, um, these people personally, but through my research and my reading, Ben, you and I are both history majors. We both went to university for history. So, um, Matsumura was known to be a very strict and extreme type of a martial arts teacher, I think because he was a military person. Itoshi Atsune was known to be a very tough and strict um, instructor. They produced great students. I'm sure that's through the construct of being tough and strict. The things I've learned since then from having tough, strict instructors, like if you you don't know, since legacy's a pretty strict, he runs a tight ship and he's pretty tough. Like when I say pretty tough, he's really fucking tough. Okay. So, um, um, and the one thing that I learned is that he knew a lot of things about me that I didn't know about myself and he knew them before I knew them about myself. And I was lucky enough to come into a dojo where a person was going to be tough and strict, but they knew things about me that I didn't know about myself and they were going to get the best out of me. Mm-hmm. They're going no. to push me. And when I fell down, sometimes since he said, get up off your feet, stand up and start fighting again. And then sometimes he came over and lifted me off of the ground and said, it's okay, Randy, like you're, you're going to be okay. Get back on your. So sometimes tough, stand up, fight other times. Yeah, I'm going to lift you up and I'm going to help you. And the final thing I want to say, Sean, is one thing when you have a tough, strict instructor, which I don't want to say that Sensei you isn't because he is. I just got called to task like a couple of weeks ago. I was there and he just made it really clear like this, this and this they're written on the board for your swordsmanship to reach the next level. There was no wishy washy. You must right. do these things or you will not reach that level. Um the closer you get to your teacher and the more they know you and the more you know them, the more direct and tough they get with you. Because they uh-huh. can because you have a loving, caring relationship where they know they can say, That was the worst inside middle block I've ever seen you do. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. You gotta <laughs> the you. And then you're just, still gonna love each other. Just as gonna, an example. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but but the point is you can be both at the same time, right? And you always
0: are. Both yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Hanchi Legacy, where do you want to go with this idea of the strict, classical, almost too hard teacher versus a caring coach?
4: Well, in a way, they can be both the same. Like, it, you can meld it in there. You just have to be sort of tough by showing it, you know, by example. Uh, that way, you know, when when it all works, keeps everyone in line, Um, you yourself obey the rules, you lead the way in being a student. Mm -hmm. I think that that you don't put yourself above them even though you're a strict teacher, you're another human being still learning martial arts. I think that they fall in line with you, not as much as behind you. I find that a, a good instructor is strict but also has a bit of compassion and understanding of uh, the beginning of his martial arts career. What he really wasn't after, before the martial
5: arts. If I messed that up, I meant uh, that he didn't know much either. He had still not to do it all. And I also had a strict Um Yeah
0: we're at that time where we should do intros, but because we're talking about beat the streets and because we're deep into this, I do want to add one more question for you, Ben. And that question is, you know, transforms the lives of children through wrestling. How is wrestling or we'll call it martial arts uniquely capable of connecting with the type of people who are in tough situations, you know, like there's not a lot of people who can walk into a a, a corner gang, or a place where there's shootings, or a place where somebody doesn't respect authority because the world never does for them, and go, hey, and in a short period of time, get that person's respect or that community's respect. So how is wrestling and martial arts uniquely qualified? I'm assuming you think it is to do that.
1: That's a great question and point, because I'm in the the, uh, Beat the Streets as part of this larger sport, it's called sports-based youth development sector, right? And and the the whole point is exactly what it sounds like, right? Using using sports as 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 a vehicle to learn and grow and and uh, what I've seen and, and also just the whole youth development sector, which which is bigger, right? And I'm all for anytime anytime um, anytime a kid gets passionate about something and is setting goals and all in, you know, there's a lot of growth that happens there. And uh, so I, I believe opportunity and options are great. Right. There's there should be lots of programs and and provide options, especially considering that our whole um, society is moving more towards the pay to play model. So there's more private clubs and Mm. you need a lot more money to participate in 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 sports than you used to. You know, a lot of the local rec leagues and schools are cutting programs, cutting programs. And uh, so 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 I'm I'm a, a supporter of it all but I agree with your statement of that we're uniquely positioned to reach some of the toughest to reach youth because they're looking for something. They're identifying with that fighter overcomer mindset. And this is an arena to where that's okay. And you can grow that and you can develop those instincts and you could, and you learn how to, you learn the humility that comes with it, right? Because even world champions, I know every world champion that I've ever met has been beaten up in the gym. Mm -hmm. Everybody's learned that lesson, right? So you learn humility along the way you learn, but you also, you learn, you learn confidence and humility at the same time, right? You learn the the healthy balance there. You know, you learn all these things that it's kind of, it's the, it's an arena where it's okay to have that, that roughness, that toughness, that overcomer fighter mindset and a, and a great coach could kind of shape that and turn that into something really, really positive. So that's, that is, you know, where it could in other, you know, in other, in, in another pathway, it could turn into something negative. Right. But, but, but in combat sports, you could turn that into something really positive. So I think we're uniquely positioned to reach the, some of, some of the hardest to reach youth and we're um, and we're uniquely effective in that. And we're seeing that, too. I mean, you know, one of the things we track, we, we look at grad, high school graduation rates, um, because a lot of the cities that we're in, it's, uh, it's a big issue. A lot of dropouts, a lot of it's lower than 65 percent sometimes. So only 65 percent of youth will graduate high school in some of the areas that we're in. But for our youth that we reach up beat the streets, but we're keeping them engaged. They're going to school. They're focused. They're disciplined. It's over 98 percent of the 10,000 youth that we reach. So we're seeing those things kind of transcend into into life, and and uh, and that, that's what it's all about. So I think um, I share that that feeling with you of just you know I mean I love kids to get as many opportunities as you can get, and and it might be that that you know it might be piano, it might be it might be it might be I don't anything right that gets you passionate, and there's a lot of lessons that come with that. But I just know from what I've seen, and even my time in South America too, when I was with. My coach and my coach in, in Peru, I mean, we would be a lot of times we'd pull kids out of gangs, get into knife fights, and they'd be coming in on the mat, you know, and 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 then that would be the game changer. Their whole trajectory would be altered. So it's tough to it's, it's tough to reach those kids without a combat sport. That's, That's yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Um, San you had some thoughts on that? Yeah, I just wanted to share with you, Ben. I was in Venice Beach once. And I went into a T-shirt shop and there was a kid there who liked my tattoos and was clearly affiliated with um, a street gang. You know, he was wearing lots of blue bandanas, lots, so. And we just started talking um, and I was buying T-shirts, I was bringing T-shirts home and talking to him. And He was telling me to be careful. He said, you know, be careful on the strip because it wasn't a tourist time. It was pretty empty. And I said, oh, well, I'm okay. Like, and he's like, Well, why do you think you're? And I said, Well, I do martial arts. I'm, I'm, a, I am i am ai can not handle everything, but I'm a person. And then he started talking to me about martial arts yeah. and asked me, Like, oh, like, what has martial arts taught you? Like, what would I learn from martial arts? And I said, Brother, it's going to teach you to fail like you've never failed before. It's going <laughs> to teach you to pick yourself up off of your ass more than you ever did. And then I gave him 50 bucks and I gave him my business card, which had my email address on it. And I said, if you're ever in Canada, you come to my dojo. I'm happy. You can stay here as long as you want. He messaged me like a month later and said, he emailed me and said, I've moved out of Los Angeles. I live in Northern California with my grandmother. Now I've left that affiliation. I've joined a, I've joined a martial arts school. I feel like God sent you to me. That's one of like my greatest achievements in martial arts. That." Oh that yeah. chance interaction and that happening is one of my greatest achievements in martial arts I don't know what he's doing now but you know that's powerful something yeah, happened. yeah something happened
1: yeah yeah that type of connection instant connection it, that's uh it, it's tough to make in other arenas you know and it, it's 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 something that that uh a lot of the youth that we serve and a lot of youth that we're that we want to reach we're not reaching yet could relate to um and, and i mean that's a perfect that's a perfect story to kind of capture how our combat sports are uniquely positioned to to have a really positive impact
2: well i want to share something with you ben there's somebody on the call that's a host that came out of a bad life martial arts pulled him out of a really bad life um you know since legacy and I both come from motorcycle culture and martial arts is one of the things it pulled him out. And then it, he pulled me out through it as well. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's the truth. It works. It really does. <laughs> we got to keep this going. You yes. Know? Yeah. yeah. I just, again,
0: we, we're, we're going to move on to our introductions, but for <clears> everybody <throat> listening like that phrase uniquely qualified, like if you're a martial artist, even if you're a white belt, you're on a path that appeals to people who other things don't appeal to, and that's a gift because they might see a way into something they don't have right now just because of something you're doing as a white belt, and there's a chance really to spread what we all consider to be like a life's purpose of goodness, and I can't overstate that. That's not flowery rhetoric. That's actually true. Ladies and gentlemen, what the fuck? welcome to Punch Kick Choke Chat, second hundred episodes this is incredible. Um what a brilliant beginning to this chat. Uh, I've been moved. I've gotten goosebumps for so many reasons. Um but I just want to say again my name is Sean Benson. I'm here with my teachers and co-hosts Sensei Suino, Sensei Randy Dauphin, Hanchi Gary Legacy. And you know, we've really shortened up our intros of each other. But last week in the host chat I introduced Sensei Dauphin. and I genuinely uh generally introduced Sensei Suino. I just want to say very quickly about Hanchi Legacy. Um you know, a couple of months ago, I went to train with him and uh, I wanted him to help me with some of my kata. And I just want to stress, I've never once trained with him where he's not in a gi training beside me. And when I went with a couple belts who couldn't make a grading, he graded them and then brought out his gi and goes, you took the drive down here. You probably want to learn something. So let's train. And I just want to stress that everyone in this call, nobody sits back and watches and goes, try it like this. They get up in their gi on the mat and that starts with Hanchi Legacy and goes "Let me show you how we're gonna do it and let's do it together and lastly he did a little bunk eye on me <laughs> and I swear to God I thought both my arms got broken and it was just this and I just want to stress that I'm so lucky to have teachers and teachers teachers and people who they uh they don't talk about it they They put on their gi and they go, here's how it goes. Anyways, I just want to say
5: thanks for that, Hanshi Legacy, and for creating that example for all of us. Sensei Dauphin.
2: Good good comments, Sean. I like that. I got goosebumps listening to that. I agree with all of that. So I get to introduce Ben tonight. Uh, Ben's from Smithtown, New York. He attended Smithtown High School. That sounds very like americana apple pie to me which i liked um after high school he attended the university of uh pennsylvania he graduated with a degree in history like me got that in common love history um his nickname is the hunter and he's an American. i love that that uh that moniker he's an american mixed martial artist Uh, and he competes in the heavyweight division. If you can't tell when looking on the screen, he's bigger than us. Right. So (laughs) just so we're clear about it, Um, we've already talked about it. He, he began his martial arts journey in wrestling. I really like the fact that martial arts includes wrestling. Now, I think if you went back 50 years ago, people wouldn't say it, but it is like, you go back to the Greek Olympics. It's a martial art. It's a military art. People killed each other with wrestling. Um, and then later he transitioned himself to an MMA career. Um, he looks up to somebody that I really look up to a lot. I know Sense does, I know Sense legacy does, I know Benson's mentioned his name a number of times. He's got a great first name. You look up to Randy Couture, right? And yeah, great wrestler, great martial artist. Uh, all of us are big fans of his as well. Mm. Um, so Ben's been a professional fighter since t- 2011. Uh, competing in Peru for Inca fighting uh, championship and then also in this minor fighting association called Bellator MMA and <laughs> that minor association Bellator um he has a record of 17 three and one which is a great record and when he was in Peru he went undefeated um compiling a record of 14 0 and one while he was fighting there um after graduating from university, uh, he began his career and established leading social impact organizations in South America. Today, Ben, as we've been talking about, he's the executive director of Beat the Street National. Mm-hmm. And you've just heard what it's all about through wrestling. Um, my own personal thing that I want, I creeped you a little bit today, uh, Ben. I went out there and listened to a couple of your talks. And, um, but the one thing that stood out to me is that you're a family man. I looked at your Instagram profile. You have a beautiful wife, you have beautiful kids and you look totally joyful when you're with them in the pictures. Um, nothing make believe on your Instagram account, nothing like that's, you know, trying to present your best self. I, I liked when I looked at your Instagram account, it just looked like a guy who's living his best life with his family, who loves the things he's doing and the life that he's living. So, um, Keep that up. I know you said you don't like to be a social network guy, but the social network needs more of that honesty. And thanks for bringing that. That's my introduction, Sean, for for Ben.
0: Thanks so much, Sensei. Uh, so to everybody watching, we're so glad you're here. And if you're watching, you know, on uh, YouTube, either in real time or later, we really hope you hit that subscribe and like button, share with your friends. That really helps us out and it grows this community. And then that helps you out because we just bam, bam, bam and keep these hundred hundred at barks coming. So we hit 1000 and then 10000 Um, And then also, if you're listening to those podcasts, I hope you're enjoying your drive or whatever you're baking. But if you're here on Zoom tonight in real time, we have the chat button at the bottom, the one we've been dropping, yeah. the beatthestreets.org um, link to. And we want you to ask your questions for us so that you get to be a part of this living history that we call Punch Kick Choke Chat. Um, so back to, back to you, Ben. You know, this question we, we, we like to get into with everybody. What was it like for you growing up and what brought you into your first uh, martial arts club?
1: Yeah, well, well I want to thank uh, Sensei Dolphin for the great intro. Appreciate that. My family is biggest blessing in the world. And we got having thriving children and wonderful marriage. It's just it's uh, and a fulfilling career. It's it's really uh, very, very grateful. Very grateful. Can't can't get any better than that. Um, the uh and also wanted to thank uh someone on the chat, Nicholas, uh donated to beat the street. So thank you so much for the support. That is awesome.
3: Well, I figured uh as martial arts teachers, we have to set we're the role models, we have to we have to set the pace. So I while we were chatting early, I, I went on uh Beat the Streets, hit the donate button, donated 250 bucks. So uh all right, wow. listeners, get your act together. I set the standard. See if you can follow. (laughs)
1: Thank thank you, Sensei Shino. That is really generous of you. My pleasure.
2: Now I got to go donate two hundred and fifty one bucks. Like Jesus. (laughs) I
1: I like this competition that's building. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. So how I first got involved, I was, uh, I, my, my dad his whole trajectory was, was changed through the sport of wrestling. That's what got him into, into college. And, 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 uh, he was the first one in his family to do that. And, and, uh, and he credits his coach and, uh, he credits his high school coach and and the sport, um, for opening up those doors. And, uh, then my older brother also wrestled and I remember just watching him. He had a highlight video when he was in high school with like the, we will rock you. So no, it was another one bites the dust. And, uh, and, uh, just tossing people. And I, you know, I always looked up to him and he was my hero. So I got to see him compete when I was younger. Um, so, so I kind of, I, I grew up with that and, uh, and wanted to get involved myself. And, um, and I, I had a, you know, I thought, because this was a little, um, when I first started, when I first competed, it was just, instead so I had a little I was, I, I practiced a bit and did a couple camps younger, but, when I was in seventh grade, I had my first middle school match, and, uh, and I was a meatball. I was, like, about as wide as I was tall and, uh, and uh, not athletic, and, uh, and I got pinned my first match. And it was really upsetting and surprising because, for some reason, I thought that because my, my dad and brother were good, that I'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that it would just kind of happen, you know? I didn't see all the work that was happening behind the scenes uh to achieve that level so that was a little bit of a reality check um but uh but then but then yeah i I committed to it and started getting better um and and uh so that was that was uh my my journey in wrestling and um thinking you know it also really helped me and when we think about just the work we're doing and, and, and I think a, a lot of us have this these transformational experiences through journey and, and martial arts and and combat sports and it's just uh my journey with wrestling I mean that was a it was when I really got serious about it that was a tough time for my family it was a couple of years after uh okay. after I, I lost a brother and it kind of tore our family apart and and uh and I was personally going through going down a bad path I was just kind of stopped caring and I was doing really dumb stuff as a eleven year old you know skipping school and starting to get involved with some drugs and all sorts of just dumb stuff that could have taken me on a whole different path and uh and it was the uh, you know it was getting getting involved in the sport and then my older brother coming back for a summer from college and and we just went to the gym every day and uh and that that kind of helped me get focused. And then from there, I started taking steps towards climbing that mountain and, uh, and just getting more focused in school, getting more focused in the sport, um, got better every day, put the work in. Uh, and, and eventually that, that turned into the opportunity to wrestle at a really great school at the university of Pennsylvania and, and, uh, led to the, to, to my whole MMA career and building the base for that and and to the work that I do today with beat the streets so just uh let's just really grateful that, that it all came together you never know you never know how, how it could turn out um could have been a lot different
0: love that and that makes a lot of sense why you work the way you work with the kids like You could have gone one way. You didn't. Um, So before we get into your MMA, which I know we're all really interested in in talking about that journey and, and how you go from being a college wrestler to that, I just want to back up a little because we always talk about how intense and how much the wrestlers train. But talk to us about being, let's say, an elite high school wrestler what that schedule, how many, how many matches you're having, what that weight cut, what those weights, what those training sessions are like a little, so that we actually get a little like specific
1: idea of how much volume there really is there. Yeah, yeah, that'll take me back. The, uh, well, I'd wake up at five every morning and (laughs) go for, that would be my own workouts. You know, I'd I'd wake up at five every morning. I would do stuff like I, I would do, um, the important thing was to get the work in, but I would do all sorts of stuff, I'd push my dad's car around, I'd run with the water jugs, I'd do all sorts of stuff, I'd watch rock, I'd I was drinking raw eggs, I'd do all sorts of, all the stuff out of the Rocky movies, I'd try to do all that, but just getting up early and kind of getting some hard work in and getting the lungs open and getting your muscles going, that was part of my routine always, and then we'd, and then we uh, get to practice in the evening after school, you know, and wrestling practices are tough, it's a grind, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's physical, you're sweating a lot. You could sweat out as a bigger guy. You could sweat out eight, ten pounds in a practice. You know, you could definitely sweat out eight pounds in a hard practice, easy. Um, the the weight cut. My weight cutting stories really came after as a professional MMA fighter because I got okay. some fights where I where I cut down to one eighty five. I wrestled in college at heavyweight and I had a lot of room to grow at heavyweight. Um, and I wrestled in high school at well, my my last. Two years, were are at two fifteen, and kind of move that. So I didn't. I didn't have my freshman year. I did some weight cutting, um, but it wasn't. But it was really my warrior weight cut stories came afterwards. In, uh, right on in MMA. Um, and then let's say in high school, like how yeah. many
0: matches are you doing throughout the the year for the competing?
1: Usually a dual. So you got maybe about thirty or so matches in a in the in in about three months, um, and it could be a a uh, week a, a Wednesday like a weekday dual meet where you're getting one match and then a weekend tournament where you're getting three or four matches in a day. Um, and that's kind of the pace, you know, and then you and then as you qualify then towards the end of the season, you know, it depends you go farther as you qualify for more things and all of that. But it's uh the um yeah, you're competing a lot, you know, you're putting your body through a lot of work. You you embrace the the uh you you embrace that you embrace the 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 toughest you know what i you know what i heard recently as far as a an interesting stat um the the one of the most um i think i think it's i think it might be the most uh best indicator as far as who um makes it through special forces training um it's if you're a college wrestler wow yeah yeah i i've heard
2: that ben that uh us special forces pay attention to how many varsity athletes there are and because that's on the decline they know that special forces is going to be on the decline because there's not enough varsity athletes in in high school now
1: yeah that's wild yeah i heard that was the wow. number one indicator as far as if you're going to do well it's it's a college wrestler so if you kind of made it to that next level you would have gone, you know what it feels like to be hungry. You know what it feels like to be tired. You know what it feels like to um, push your body beyond its limits, all of that. So that's another thing that a sports teacher, you kind of, you stretch what you think you're actually capable of. Right. Because you go past the, you go past those moments where the average person gives up, the above average person gives up, and you go past that, you go past that. So you build this, um, like uh, deposits in a mental toughness bank. Every yeah. time you do something that you didn't think you were capable of doing, but you push through and you achieve that, that's a deposit. And you know that when when things get tough, when life gets tough, you you have that. You're building up like this, you know, when you do those things through a um and the sport allows a lot of opportunity to do that, you're you're building up this deposit for when things get tough that you know, you know you got it in you you know you know you gotta continue to get through it and that's uh yeah that's interesting and then and then uh also sensei dolphin i wanted to say too when you're thinking about history and, and the history of wrestling who is the it is the only sport depicted in k-bar
5: so it might be the world's oldest sport. sport
2: hmm. yeah interesting story about there's in one of my books over there there's a picture of um, a Greek wrestler standing like this with his arm over his head and his hand over his groin, because when it got to the point where it was a draw, but they were going to go to strikes to decide who was the winner of this, the person said, okay, you hit me. The person hit him wherever. And he said, "Um, I want to hit you in the armpit. Okay. And he won the fight by hitting him in the armpit. He, he ended that wrestling match by a strike to the armpit. In wow. their in their uh fig leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'm glad we got past that. But yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, not much past it. it was not, some- not, yeah, yeah. There's still some
1: work to do there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we're all only on camera from the waist up, right? Yeah. So- <laughs> um, you know.
0: We had some early episodes where we had one of our guests talking about like having to go to Japan to get one piece of knowledge or moving away from their wife for a year to go get the knowledge. And I just want to throw out you know, I, I like to challenge the audience sometimes with concepts. If you're sweating eight to 10 pounds off at night in practice and still going, but I got to get my own work in. So I got to get up at five because that's my work, the others just practice. And then you're doing 30 matches a year. I'm just challenging anyone listening to go, how often am I competing during a year? How often am I training outside of class? How often am I training outside of class the same day as class? Because I got to get my own work in to match the work that's going to happen and that other people might be doing. And I'm not saying you have to do it if you're listening, but I'm saying don't be shocked when you're not at the level that Ben's at uh, if you're not doing it. And don't be surprised no matter what martial art you do, when someone doing that amount of work in their martial art surprises you.
1: And those those 30 matches are really, that's wrestling, that's prime wrestling season. But then now, you know, if you really want to get to the next level, you're wrestling in the off-season too, and there's more competitions in the spring or even a few in the summer, and you're going to off-season tournaments, and you have uh, the uh, – the level is getting over the past 10 years or so um, they're getting better and better at a younger age. There used mm-hmm. to be kind of, it, it's more, it's, um you know, used to be, you get, cause you, cause you're kind of before the internet and before, I think the two reasons you have the internet and you have where you could see technique from anywhere in the world, you know, you could see, so you can get that technique. You can see matches from anywhere in the world. And then you have um, the regional training centers where you have Olympic level athletes that will often do developmental practices. So high school athletes can come in and, and work with athletes at the next level. Um, but we're seeing they're getting better and better at younger ages. It's, it used to be yeah. kind of like, you know, be the top in your high school and then college. And then after, after maybe you're a, a really high level, you have a great collegiate career, then, then that's when you're thinking about the olympic ladder but now it's now it's uh, it's yeah you got you got people that are doing it just earlier breaking those breaking those those um those barriers that, that used to exist you
0: know um i was actually talking to my bjj coach about that today and he was saying the era of the like 30 year old plus bjj world champ is basically closing it's like 19 and 20 year olds now and it's yeah. like the tactic and the speed and the almost like video game quickness of getting grabs Mm -hmm. That sort of determines the outcome out the gate. And it was interesting. He said no Gi, it's stretching older, but Gi, that Gi game is so like high school quick mind. So even if you don't have the skill level of the layer, you've got the dynamic ability to engage whatever you're trying to do. And then the fight's over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It's (laughs) It's evolving. Um, So we wanted to get to your
0: MMA path, but we've got actually Sensei Sweeney is going to tee up a a question from one of our viewers and maybe even two in a row, actually.
3: Uh, Well, let's start with one. So this is from my student, ZT, who started out as a judo student, but she's in jujitsu and I'm trying to lure her into karate as well.
2: ZT, join um,
3: karate. Get into ZT. karate, bro. <laughs> um, ZT, and I'll uh, I'll run this around the horn. But Ben, let's start with you. Um, she says, "How do you balance promoting the discipline and rules necessary in the dojo or in the gym, but still make it comfortable and fun and for kids so they keep coming?"
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. You know, when you're starting out, my son's seven right now, and the only thing I try to focus on is, you know, can you learn something? Did you learn one thing? And did you have fun? Because you got to kind of spark a bit of, you know, you got to spark a passion and love for it. So that when things get a little bit serious and you're, you're really, when you know you want to do this, then you've already have that love and passion for the sport built up ahead of time. So it doesn't feel like it's uh you know, you can get it wrong that balance because by pushing kids too early, too young, too early, is kind of is, is usually where people will get it wrong, where it's where there's all the pressure of competing and and if you're having bad culture of just kind of you know getting yeah, you know what will ruin that? What will what will we'll, uh, where that often happens too? If you kind of have uh um, you know, maybe it's um uh, yeah, it could it could it could be a parent or a coach but someone that's maybe kind of didn't didn't quite achieve what they wanted to achieve and they're trying to live through their kids and are getting too intense about it and, and you gotta you gotta let them grow in their own journey and I think I think it's better to first first uh, get that enjoyment and passion for the technique for the sport just for and then you start piling on you know the five in the morning runs happen when you're getting a little you know, when you're when you're getting more serious, when you're kind of when you're setting those goals for yourself, when you're when you're saying, I want to be, you know, I, I want to thrive at this. I want to excel at this. So how? OK, well, you got to put in the extra work. So it's, it's I think it's a timing thing um, and, it, and you got to do that. You, you push harder when you push harder when when the person's ready.
3: Love it. Uh, well, let's hear from some of the other folks. How'd you like to see, what do you think? Uh, how do you balance the discipline and rules necessary in the dojo and still make it fun for kids so they don't quit? Well, make
4: it, everybody's using the right word, in my opinion, is that let it be fun at first. And then when they achieve something that is small, uh, praise them for it. And then uh, start making that praise just slightly harder to gain from the sensei. And in that way, they try harder to please you and they become better themselves. Mm-hmm. It's,
5: I think that's, in my opinion, that would be the main thing though, getting into too many small details. Randy,
2: do you have something to add on this? I do sense it. I, You know, it's funny. I was just talking to uh, Kyoshi Dett Rice um, and we were talking about how um, when I started teaching, I loved teaching kids and, and then there was when I was really competitive, I kind of I didn't like it. But now that I'm past all that, I like I really love teaching kids again. Like I love when the kids come in here. It's so much fun. I love their honesty um, um, and I love their genuality like but uh, I always try and tell them that it's OK to make mistakes. You can make mistakes. And you come in here. This is a place that you should make mistakes, but it's not okay to keep making the same mistake over and over and over again, because then there'll be consequences for making the mistake. And I think if you're clear up front and they understand, little kids and younger people don't want surprises, right? So if you're, you articulate it and you explain it to them, then I think they'll accept it. Um, I think it's also good to make sure that the kids know it's the same for everyone. Nobody's being centered out or treated poorly. Like if 10 out of 10 kids make a mistake, like they don't put their shoes in the right spot when they come in, 10 out of 10 kids are going to get corrected on putting their shoes in the right spot. So then there's no favoritism. Mm-hmm. And then I think since legacy said it before as well, you got to model the behavior. You can't tell them, you got to line your shoes up, but they come in and your shoes are laying there like in a heap when they come walking in the door, then they're going to know. And so I think that's how you're strict. You model the behavior. You allow them to make mistakes. You don't allow them to keep making the same mistakes. And then I think in the end, you just hug them and <laughs> make a personal connection with them and get them to trust you. Yeah,
0: John, anything you want to add on this topic? Not much. I don't want to spend time on it. I don't have a kids program and I haven't taught a lot of kids, but I will say one of the best teaching tools in general i found is just going when someone does something amazing or really good and just being like that was like, like Hanchi she said, like praise, praise, praise. That was fucking incredible. But then I add, that's your new baseline now. So my job was to get you there. Now it's on you to keep you there. And if you fall below it, we know that's on you. And that tends to work pretty well uh, because it's like, right. I can do this. And now we expect you to do it. And then that just becomes a platform. And then the next time something's amazing, we're like, fuck it. That's your new baseline now. And it gets an exciting thing. Like, wow, I'm upping my baseline, but uh, I, that is more for my work has been a little more with people 18 and up, but I like that tool a lot. It works for me as a student.
1: I got, I got another advice from a wrestling dad, uh, Mike and me, and his son's an Olympic bronze medalist. And I asked him how, you know, how, how, how did I ask him this kind of this question? And uh, he said, "Take it for ice cream after practice." That's <laughs> <Just laughs> what he said. He said, are little, just go go for ice cream after practice." And then and then it starts, you know. And you start extending it through a match, and you start kind of, you know, build that positive association with something, you know, build that, know that. Okay, where there's there's uh, you know, you build that kind of, and then. Uh, but yeah, that, that was his advice. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I'm using it. <laughs> using it because my you know my kids are little so i'm trying to trying to figure this out for for my own kids it's different right. than, uh, you know being the 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 right balance between you know dad and coach and all you know so yeah trying to still in it, trying to figure it out
3: we got uh twin boys in our judo program and their thing was steak and shake so so <laughs> you know when they started four years ago their mother took them to steak and shake after every practice and uh they're still training So something to to work. (laughs) to work. I will say this, um, uh, and so I think a little different as a parent than a teacher. But as a teacher, when I teach kids martial arts, I've learned that the kids are not afraid of being disciplined. They're not afraid of having high standards. Right? Mm -hmm. It's just how it's it's how it's delivered. Um, One of the one of my judo students, longtime judo and the iido and karate and judo students on the call, Dan Holland, he's great. He says, you know, you can punch kids right in the face. You just have to smile right afterwards. (laughs) you know how you deliver it is everything right how you deliver the discipline is is everything
2: he learned that because he saw me punch a kid in the face here and get a bloody lip (laughs) i think he's been doing that a long
3: time but you guys are of like mind on that um uh and then a question came in from paul dunlap Dunlap, uh a question just for you ben um have you worked with young people who aren't naturally inclined toward fighting and if so, right, how did you help them make the transition into becoming wrestlers or martial artists?
1: Yeah, we're, we're very open because we have uh, the way that our programs are set up is we we look at where areas of need are. So we'll look at, you know, kind of poverty rates in a city and then what's going on in the schools, what's going on in the community centers, are there programs. We'll often, we'll partner with, with, the, with the school district or we'll partner with, we'll run a program out of a, uh, Boys and Girls Club or a rec center and, and then it's open to everyone in that community and there's plenty of youth that come through beat the streets that are just like hey we want to you know that my, my friends are here you know I got a, 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 a safe place to go and and a positive experience positive people around and and that's and that's great that's enough our goal isn't our goal isn't to um, our goal isn't to build super high level wrestlers and champions it happens it does happen um but our our goal is to use the sport as a vehicle and to help our our youth um go and set their goals and achieve them work towards a positive path in life so so um so we do have plenty of youth that are that are um real from yeah all backgrounds and kind of different levels of commitment to the sport and we want to make it a uh, we want to make it a place that's just kind of welcoming and 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 has growth opportunities and opportunities to go. There's lots of opportunities for youth that are all in to go further, you know, but there's also opportunities for youth that are just hey you know I just want to, I just want to, this is a great place to be and I feel that there's positive people around us and, and, and I have some friends in the program so I want to do this so that's, that's okay too.
5: Well, we love that, but I'm going, to, um,
0: I'm going to go in a little different direction here, everybody. I think you know where I'm going with this. As I pull up on my phone, a little something known as the 10 questions. Ben, the 10 questions are what we ask around 9.30 from all our guests, and we ask that you answer as impulsively as you can, but then if you want to flesh out your answer, feel free. You ready no. for 10 questions? You ready? I'll give it a shot. What is the most effective
1: move in your martial arts arsenal? Um I get a lot of submissions with a modified DARS from a front headlock position. That's kind of it's it goes right to the wrestling base, but I, I, I have a little bit of a tweak to it that that uh works pretty well when I when I get people there. So yeah.
0: Darce is a tricky bitch. Um who is the most influential martial artist in your life?
1: Um uh, my brother was the biggest influence. My well, my brother and dad are kind of tied for it but I, I think because I saw my brother competing so much that that uh yeah wouldn't that that really drew especially younger and it, it that was a big driver for me seeing him and and looking up to him and modeling him
5: who do you think is the most influential martial artist of all time and why oh um
1: I guess, you know, that's a, that's a tough question. My instinct is, is probably Bruce Lee that he just, he, he, he was the father of, of uh, MMA in some ways, right. Where he was just such a student of, of so many disciplines and, and uh, started putting, he wanted to learn it all and put it all together. So when I, so when I'm in the cage or when I was competing and the most successful MMA fighters, it's not that it's, some have some you you master some areas right but you have to be aware of everything and you got to kind of make techniques flow and from dis, from different disciplines flow into one another you know like you want for me it'd be like I want my I want my I want my jab step to look like like my like I'm gonna take a takedown too, you know. Like I want my footwork to with my wrestling footwork to look like my striking footwork in a way where it's kind of confusing and you don't know what's gonna happen. And you want techniques from different disciplines to kind of flow from each other, so that I, I think um, he he brought that together.
2: I thought you were gonna say Dan Gable.
1: Come yeah, on, the Gable,
2: Gable grip. Come
1: on. I should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Probably he's gonna be mad at me for that. I just, I am a big fan of mixed martial arts though. I like, cause it's the most, it is the most complete and you really got to test yourself in there. Um, I do view that as the ultimate test, but I view, I view wrestling as the best base for it. It's a really good base for it. Um, I'm sure you guys would have different opinions there, but that's just, that's me with my background. Um, me with my background, I kinda, I, I, I love how mixed martial arts is so, um, so complete and you have to you have to figure out uh, so many different disciplines and then piece it together and then uh and i love the base that wrestling gave me to be able to figure out where the fight goes Then
2: my most favorite mma athlete of all time started in karate it is probably one of the best wrestlers in the ufc ever which is george st pierre
5: yeah
2: so. Yep. you're right
5: he is
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> What excites you most about the next five years of your martial arts training?
1: Well, now I'm in the, now I'm at a different stage where I'm, you know, my, my full time, my goals are around being the best father I could be, uh, growing, beat the streets, being the best husband I could be. So it's, it's a different chapter of life right now where I don't, I don't know if I'll be competing. Sometimes, sometimes I get the itch. I definitely am past the chapter where I could be getting in the cage any again, because that's, you got to be all in, you got to be training three, four times a day. And so you have to have the, you have to have the time to prioritize that as, as number one. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm past that chapter of life, but now I roll to, for health, to feel good and, and, uh, and to continue to learn because I still have so much to learn. So that's, those are more of my motivations now um but uh but every once in a while i get an itch to compete so i don't know maybe you'll see me in some grappling tournaments or things like that just to just to kind of just to have a date to work towards and kind of pick up the intensity a little bit
0: we you know we'll we'll get in touch after this and you'll have to ping us and let us know like because i'd like to watch those if they're streamed in any way um if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you get there
1: Um that you did good that you you live the the purpose I believe that god's purpose for all of us on earth that we are our, our legacy is the impact that we have on those around us in our in our inner circle but also the society and the world so the impact that we leave that's what we that 's what we take when we leave this earth so uh so i I strive to live a purposeful life in that way, and i and i'm um, I'm hoping and I also I pray a lot for god to, to for God to guide my decisions as a leader and as a and my family and all of the so so uh so I hope when 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 that day comes that um that that worked that i did that I did go down the path that that he intended for 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 me and with my life.
0: Um, do you have a favorite film and television martial art artist? favorite film or favorite oh just uh, favorite, favorite film and television martial artist and it might not even be a real martial artist
1: just favorite fight scenes or so in a, yeah 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 i mean i got a favorite movie i'm trying to think of a i got a quick answer for my, my favorite movie is gladiator nice my favorite, yeah yeah We haven't had that one come up yet i don't think that's definitely my favorite movie that's the um, martial arts for sure yeah okay that kind that's a good answer then because it's yeah. all good
0: answers because they're yours but that's epic
1: yeah
0: um do you have a martial artist living or dad in all of recorded history that you'd like to train with the most
1: well i think i already achieved i think i already had that i was john jones sparring partner for years and uh I would do training camps and when I was when I was competing in Bellator I would go and go from Peru to Albuquerque and do a couple months at uh, the Jackson Weeks training camp and and uh doing rounds with John is like a whole it's like a um it's really an awesome experience It's it's like an educational workshop <laughs> um he's uh it's really intense but he's also very controlled and and uh and that's the kind of person you want to like t- being able to have that experience when you test you get to test yourself against the best out there. So I think I've actually, um, I think I've actually got to live that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I actually would love if any of my students are watching this now or later, talk about controlled intensity. I know we're still in your 10 questions, but I want it's such a key idea. that He can be intense to the point where you're getting all out of it, but it's controlled.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 gonna be. You, know, you got to be ready to show up when you're doing a round with John, but but at the same time he 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 is he has enough control to, to he values his sparring partners. He's taking care of his right. sparring partners. There are definitely times where you know I could have been opened up with an elbow or a knee or something, and and, and uh, you know he uh, he had the control not to. And, and and sometimes early fighters don't have that. That's usually when most of the injuries come or the or you kind of or sometimes you get some egos where they they're you're trying to prove yourself in the gym versus um the, but more seasoned fighters typically learn that control and also learn to just appreciate the fact that hey we're all we're this is how we're making a living so let's not injure each other right. you know you got to you got to save that for the fight so 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 there's a a little more of um you know look after each other you know, you want to, you want to have, it's got to be intense because you got to push each other to get better, but there's, but, but you also, you know, when to pull back on an opening or just kind of, you know, so, so right. John's great at that. I mean, he's very, he's just, he's, he, maybe the, his fight IQ is just through the, through the roof. So he's, he kind of, you know, he, he controls the, the tempo there and and is really great at that Where It's just, uh, um yeah, it's an honor to have been able to, get that many rounds in.
0: We love to hear that. Let's get back to 10 questions. Uh, If everyone in the world could have the greatest benefit you've gotten from martial arts, whether they train or not, what benefit would they be getting?
1: Benefit from training in martial arts is uh, an understanding. You're going to know yourself better. You're going to know your own limits. You're going to grow closer to the people around you. And you're going to Be able to do things that that you're going to learn that you're able to do things that you didn't think were possible before.
5: Our last two questions come as a pair. What is your greatest achievement and what is your greatest regret?
1: Greatest achievement, um, it's just the I feel like it's this is kind of a broad answer, but the 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 life that I feel like I'm, I'm living the life I'm supposed to be living, a purposeful life. Being, being a, a father of my two children that are just thriving, and and our, our family is is just is a, it's really just we're 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 an awesome team. My wife and I are an awesome team. Having that, having a fulfilling career with Beat the Streets, where we're now, in a position to help grow this movement that's changing lives every day, and. And uh, and we can keep growing this and growing this and 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 strengthening and scaling and it, being in the position to be able to influence that and be a part of that and and um it's uh it's just I guess that's not really answering your question but I don't know I it, it's uh I I feel like all that together um feels like I'm I feel purpose and like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and, and where I'm supposed to be in, at this point in life.
5: Greatest regret. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: Let's see here. I feel like I need a second on this one. This is where we, is where we play the Jeopardy music uh, for
1: you. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, yeah, I know. the time makes, makes it time easier to going. Yeah. <laughs> Um You know, there's so many things that when you have a mentality of you, you know, when you grow from your mistakes, there's so many, there's things that I would have changed in that moment. There's challenges to overcome. There were things that I could have done better in life. There were, um, but I can't go back and I can't find something that I am just the, um, that I'm still thinking about like, oh, like I'm, you know, completely regret and, 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 and torn up about, you know, I can kind of see of the, i made plenty of mistakes in my life, but I feel like There's there's nothing that's standing out to me that that what that didn't turn into a lesson that didn't turn out into a a growth opportunity. Um, There's. There's hardships that turned out into an opportunity to to help others through it. And so it's kind of I don't know if I'm having a tough time answering that one.
0: You know, that's not an uncommon answer. At all there's a lot of guys who are just like, I don't really have any. I mean, at the time, maybe, but uh, it's it's nice to hear. Sensei Dofa, I know you got a question for us. Come, going back
2: to one of his answers. I want to talk about uh, John Jones a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, sure. I recently was listening to um, a podcast with uh, Daniel Cormier, who obviously those two, right, like they have that.
5: Yeah.
2: And to be honest with you, Daniel Cormier was like very like, John Jones is the best martial artist, like he wasn't like tearing him down in in any way. My question for you is about something that d c said, which was he said, John Jones was like an o okay k puncher, like you know he could hurt you with his punches and stuff, but he said, kicking." you never want to get kicked by that human being like ever. He said like the first yeah. time he kicked me was the last time I ever wanted him to kick me. I just wonder what your comments about DC and the, that thing, as a person who stood in there with him too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, one, I mean, DC is an amazing human being and a shout out to him because he's supported, he's supported beat the streets plenty of times over the years and he's been a great ambassador for the sport ambassador for the mission and just really overall awesome human being. And then to, to that comment um yeah yeah john's kicks are brutal uh, john's kicks are brutal and i haven't had to experience it like the way that that some you know it's different when you're com- competition is different than sparring too well you know like i we've got we've had heated rounds and the intensity's up but when you're really looking to finish a fight there's there's level so i just i want to recognize that too like i don't want to act like uh like i've uh experience the full the full force or the full kind of you know i can't compare my experience to somebody that's to, definitely not the dc or somebody that's like been that's when you're when it's the real deal it's different um but the uh and, and those guys are just at such an amazing level um but yeah i mean yeah his his kicks are brutal his oh his the, the biggest thing that stood out to me is fight iq where he just knows where to and 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 I and I uh even there were times where where um where he's helped me with some video study or things and you see how he thinks about it and he breaks down patterns really well he's a really cerebral fighter which which um you know I don't know if everybody realizes that or not but he 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 breaks down patterns he knows when you're when you're about to um, he's, he's figured out what your tells are when you're about to go and make your attack and go towards your strengths. And then, and then he does little things to shut it down and mm. mess with your train of thought. So you might be thinking, I'm going to do this to this, to this, and he does something to shut it down. And that front kick that he does, it just like, is this something to shut down? Like I'm about to do something. And then, right. It, it, it's, it's shutting down your train of thought and your and your series of attacks. So he's really good at that. Um, and then he's good at, and then he would always look at, um, older footage too of some of your early fights with his opponents because he would say that when you put the pressure on and when you're in the, that you start reverting back to some of your older mistakes or your mistakes that you that you had when you're coming up um and uh so he look for those openings and he looked for weeks so he's just a very he's a, I mean he is a, a very um his fight iq is 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 uh really beyond anyone that i've ever kind of had that um, you know the most that i've ever seen anyway um so so yeah he's that's something that that always stood out to me is really special about about john you might not realize without seeing how um, how studious he is of of, uh, of the sport of his opponents, patterns, breaking down patterns, shutting stuff shutting shutting down strengths, go moving moving the fight into the direction that he wants it to move, all of that kind of stuff yeah, but of course all his weapons are dangerous. Yeah. You know, kicks, mm-hmm. kicks are definitely dangerous. The elbows are dangerous. All of it is dangerous. Yeah. Let's get to your
0: fight career. So you're a wrestler. You're rocking the game. What makes you go, all right, MMA time? And what did you need to learn? And how did that go to get
1: there? Yeah, you know what? I always, I was a fan of the sport and I loved the, the, saw it as the ultimate challenge. Like the ultimate athletic challenge. I think I, I believe MMA is, is kind of that. Like you gotta be you have to be so knowledgeable, you have to have the the mindset for it, you have to have the technique, the strategy, the conditioning, the physicality. It's gotta all come together into this. It's just a really very complete complete sport and and a big challenge. So when we're thinking about we're thinking about some of the things you learn that, that I learned in wrestling and that we all learned through journey of martial arts and some of the when you, when you learn more about yourself, when you, when you face big challenges and you overcome and you do that, and you really, and you, 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 you learn more about yourself, you build into um, you make deposits in that mental toughness bank. You kind of, you know, you, you all, of, that's, that's what drew me to it um, is the challenge. Cause I like feeling um like you could do something that very few people could do. Um, so, so that's that's kind of the feeling that that drew me to it. And and uh, and then yeah, you know, I I just I started training also just just for just to learn and for fun. And then I started getting kind of good, and it was time to compete. And and then uh, and and in my mind, you know, I had like I had thoughts of okay yeah you know i think i could kind of take this far you know but i didn't know i was just just putting things together and learning and then then uh you know one fight at a time and you know and ended up ended up having a pretty good career and and uh and was all in for a while and i don't think i i don't think i achieved my full potential in the sport but i think that you know, that could have been for some people that might have been seen as a regret. Like, I think I could have stayed in a little bit longer and done. I was still going into my prime, I think. And I think I could have learned more and done more. But I also but I don't have that as a regret either, because I think that there's there's just chapters of life. And I was feeling um, that it was it was a different chapter of life. And then I started working. Then I moved my family back to the States and was working full time at Beat Streets Philadelphia and started on this whole trajectory to where I am now at the street, So I don't have a regret with that. I do, I do have a feeling that, you know, maybe I could have done more um, in the sport, but I think that's okay too. Cause you don't really know, you know, maybe, maybe that's not how it would have turned out. Maybe, maybe it would have turned out in another direction. Maybe some more injuries that are a little more permanent or, you know, who knows? Um, so I think it all happens for a reason, but I, I'm grateful for my career and the experience that I had with it and the, the places that I've been and the people I've met and the, and the lessons I've learned through my mma journey and the feeling of being able to do something that very few people could do is uh is something that kind of sticks with you and and uh and helps me um helps me through life
0: so i kind of want to ask you three specific questions about that journey so as you were looking at that and going this is something i could do what was the toughest skill to gain and then talk to us about the Inca Fight League and Bellator. I mean, I know Bellator compared to UFC just has a pretty glowing reputation for how they treat their fighters. But talk about whatever those aspects you want in terms of those organizations
1: and any highlights from each organization.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So so when I went to when I went to Peru, I wasn't going there. Um, I, I was already doing some, some MMA training before that, just kind of. Getting to know I did a little bit of boxing, a little bit of Muay Thai, a little bit of a little bit of jujitsu. And then I and then I got to Araquipa, Peru. I was there, I was gonna be there for a year. I went there to help set up a, I was doing social impact where I was gonna help a, I was helping set up a community center and set up after school programs. It was gonna be a year-long project. I met my wife, ended up staying there for about eight years. Both my kids were born there. The during that time I found, I found a local, um, I found a local Muay Thai gym. I started teaching some grappling classes there. I was training and and then uh and then I was getting a little more comfortable with, with, with striking over that time. And then uh and that was, you know, that's it's just different. It's just things, you know, things just take time to get comfortable. I mean, I guess because one of your questions was kind of how um what was tough to adapt to or to learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'd say I got you know you 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 don't have to master it all so much in MMA you have to kind of know how to move the fight into your strengths and you need to learn how to make things flow together and you need to be aware of you need to be aware of a lot of different attacks from 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 uh from various disciplines and you need to know how to shut that down but your own attacks you can kind of you could you uh you could you could learn how to move the fight into your strengths. so so, I mean, it took time to get, to get comfortable, you know, it's just any form of you know, boxing one Muay Thai is very different from wrestling. So there's, there's, there's some fundamental, just kind of even you know, stance and body and just your, 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 the tightness and explosiveness. And like, the, there's different things that you know wrestlers are kind of, it's, um, you got to learn to relax a little bit more to let your punches go. You got to learn how to, all these things that are a little bit, um, it just takes time a little bit different but uh mm-hmm. but it was fun a lot of fun to learn new skills it still is oh a lot of fun to learn new skills
5: yeah.
1: and uh and the the uh, then my my uh that i started competing with inca so my coach uh who turned into my coach in Peru was running inca and my first I had a couple of amateur fights that aren't on, uh, or that aren't, I have a couple of fights that aren't recorded too on, on, on uh, sure dog or online, but the, uh, then, then my, then my first professional fight with Inca, I was kind of like set up as the the bad guy, the foreign, the, you know, the, 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 the champion there. And I was the, the, you know, the American foreigner and, uh, and, and this, but, uh, but then I kind of won everyone over a little bit. And then, and then the whole country was kind of with me after that, the, uh, which was cool. Um, but the, that was my first fight. It turned into a, turned into a bare knuckle fight. This guy Sopalote, it was uh it was on the spot decision. It was a little chaos. It was like, I was, uh, I was just going with it, but uh, you know, there was, I was on, I, I didn't, my Spanish wasn't that great at that time. I was getting there. Like I was fine in a slow conversation. But then we we're on <laughs> national TV and it was for a title and it was on national TV. And this guy and the, my opponents talk about how he's going to destroy me and all this stuff. And I'm like, my default when I didn't understand something was like, oh, yeah, see, see. And I'm just like agreeing to this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I embarrassed <laughs> myself a little bit. <laughs> the, uh, uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, then the then then during the the press conference, um, my opponent was like, okay, "I want to make this a bare knuckle fight, like it used to be, and feel your blood on my fists and all this stuff." And I'm just like, "Okay, all right, let's do that." <laughs> <See>? <laughs> <laughs> and it turned into a bare knuckle fight. I ended up winning the fight. Um, those some of those events, some of the early events, were in a um, they're in a cockfighting pit. <laughs> it was a pit don't tell john mccain i know right yeah it was actually that that was happening on like it was you know that there'd be there'd be people there on a saturday and roosters there on a wednesday the uh ah yeah 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 yeah, it was in that there was like you know the empty cages and the warm-up area and all that so i had some so i kind of got some 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 cool some kind of like old school experiences that i wouldn't have gotten if i if i had my first career if i had my if i started my career in the states i wouldn't have gotten some of those kind of old school experiences that 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 um fighters maybe 10 years older than me got when it was when sure. it was first coming up in the states um you know i had a i was in a uh one of the it was like a tournament style or multiple fights in a night I had, I had a you know that that's hell yeah yeah i had the bare knuckle fight that's you know all those are those were kind of some cool cool warrior experiences you know like now i'm just yeah, happy for for all that. It was it was, it was cool. Then I ended up um so I ended up winning the title, there in Inc. FC. I defended it a bunch of times against um one of my a lot of uh one of my early fights was to defend that was was against um Brazilian Jiu Jitsu national champ um a lot of grapplers like that a lot of just a lot of Brazilian guys coming in with a a lot of guys coming in with a Muay Thai Jiu Jitsu background. Sure. Um, and uh, my my style matched up pretty well for that uh the um, i was good at getting the takedowns and good at finishing fights with with good ground and pound and shutting down submissions like getting hand control shut down submissions drop an elbow that kind of that kind of game plan you know and then if uh and then if then if submissions opened up take them um and i'd hit you know i'm, I'm not the best striker but i kind of you know i could hit hard and, and level change and make it feel like like you're going to get taken down, but then come back up with, with, with hands. So, so that will, you know, when you're in the, if you can get in the first couple minutes, I always was thinking if I can, if I could in the first few minutes, if I could um, land a combination when some, when my opponent thinks that I'm going for a takedown and then land a takedown when, when my opponent thinks I'm going for what I'm, when I'm trying to strike, then I can kind of dictate the pace. So then it's now, now you get guys reacting to things and you know every you know every time you're moving they're reacting and you can kind of dictate the pace and then it's a lot um you know then then i that was always kind of like an, a first round win for me if i can do those two things sure. then i feel like okay i could um kind of keep my opponent on their toes and reacting to what i'm doing versus it's a lot more tiring when you're reacting to what your opponent's doing um and uh, so, so being able to dictate the pace of the fight, you know, I, I think about that and try to try to get that first round win, win of just getting my opponent reacting to the, to, to my attacks. Um, Then uh, I'll pause there. I think your other, then Bellator, we want to talk about Bellator. Yeah, talk
0: to us about Bellator standout stuff there. And you know, how, how was that for you? And is, is it as good an organization as we kind of hear?
1: Oh yeah. I love the, the great, great people over at Bellator. A lot of people I still keep in touch with, um rich chow is the he was the vp at at, at bellator at that time he went from like matchmaker to vice president I, I still keep in touch with him a decent amount um some of the so yeah it was it was a great organization great culture and and uh overall awesome experience just being able to being able to fight in that in that promotion that league and have have those uh yeah it was it was, it was awesome it was really awesome
0: yeah you know what sucks?
5: hmm Time. Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're fucking <laughs> chatting
0: away here, and since it opened, just messaged me, he goes, I hate to tell you, but, like, it's time. And I'm so okay. sorry that that's true. And, um, you know, the way we wind up our episodes is we go what we call round the horn. So we talk about our time with you, and then we want to hear how, what your last words are before we do a little bit of housekeeping. Sounds good. Um, so, Hanchi Legacy, what do you want to say about our time with Ben tonight?
5: Wow,
4: this is the type of guy we like to spend our time with yeah. because he's doing something very worthwhile, and that in itself is if you can make those children or those young younger persons believe that they are doing something worthwhile that uh, that's a great incentive for them and i'm I'm behind you on this as far as I can be. It's a great thing to do, and we're really uh Happy that we had you on our program, and hopefully, this program will help you catapult
1: that ahead somehow.
4: Thank you for coming.
1: Thank, thank you, Hanja Legacy. It's, a, it's an honor. Absolutely. Sensei Suino?
3: Yeah, man. Awesome conversation, Ben. Um, I, maybe we'll get back to this at some point if we do another conversation. I'm just, I love the. I love the all the stuff around the transition of being a young person who maybe isn't that focused isn't that disciplined right I mean you talked about a little bit for yourself certainly I experienced that you know I can't remember the first time I decided to put six eggs in a blender and drink them raw um mm-hmm. but you know when you said that it just took me back to my teenage years when for some reason I thought that'd be a good idea and I did it for 5 years you know <laughs> you know following arnold or 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 you know whatever um but just there something happens when you're in the combat sports or the martial arts, there's something that happens. And I'm sure it happens in other sports too, where you just decide I want to be better than I am in order to do that. I got to do these certain things. So that all really resonates with me. And then the other thing I love, and I talk about this arc that we see when we talk about lifetime martial artists on this show, there's always this arc. People come in as a certain kind of person, maybe insecure, maybe unsure of where they want to go. Maybe they're involved in bad stuff. You stay in the martial arts or combat sports game for 30, 40 years, you're giving back. You've become a role model in the community. And you're not only doing that, right? Like, you know, a lot of our guys are still in the dojo doing it. You're you've stepped up uh to this to this other level, helping the community, maybe the country, uh, and maybe the world. Uh, I'm just so proud to have had had this conversation and I hope we can do it again.
2: Thank you. Sensei Suito. Sensei Dofa. Ben, man, this has been so enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, Probably like my favorite episode with somebody that I've not met before. Uh, Truly like um, I always write down a lot of notes. Um, You said right off the hop, you said you would not be the man I am without martial arts, but martial arts is kind of the thing that helped to make you. Um, You also said, find a mat, you'll find a home.
5: Mm. That
2: resonates with me like completely. Like you just, Wherever you go, that, that martial arts community is going to embrace you if you're an honest martial artist. So you find that, Matt, you find that home wherever you go. I've experienced that across the world. Um, beat the streets. Brother, that's an awesome thing you're doing. And I meant what I said. You know, since the I already donated $250, i am going to donate 251 Let's do some stuff together. <laughs> I know see, he's irritated, right? <laughs> you go back and forth, right? <laughs> but let's, let's find some opportunities. If our platform can help you with that, let's do that. Let's somehow make that work. I like your goal. You're at 10,000. You want to get to 100,000. I want you to get to a million. Um, and I know everybody on this call wants to get you to a million. Let's get you to a million. Um, a caring coach in your corner. Yes. That's a checkbox for me. Um, it's cool. You see somebody who you come from a a line of wrestlers, your dad, your brother, like, and it goes to just show that it's not what you say. It's what you do, right? Like, you know, saying something is important, but doing what you say is more important because that's why you became a wrestler. Um, Get up at 5am do your own work, then you sweat out eight pounds in the evening session that's (laughs) we've all done that stuff i'll be up at 5am tomorrow to go off to my bjj class Um, deposits in the mental toughness bank yeah that could be a tattoo that might be my next tattoo. make more deposits in your mental toughness bank. A year ago, I wouldn't have known what a modified Darce choke is, but now I do. And I know for sure I don't want you to put me in it. (laughs) Um, um, Your brother and your dad are the most influential people. That's awesome. Next five years, you just want to be the best father you can be and build up, beat the streets. And those are two really audacious, hairy goals that. But you're going to do it. Um, Who could you train with? You already did. John Jones. I said that too, not John Jones. I said I trained with Gary Legacy and Nick Sweno. I already did train <laughs> with those people. Um, learn a, a ba- greatest benefit. Learn about yourself, things you didn't know you could do. Right, that's if the whole world could do that. And then you said about you know, um, your greatest achievement was living a purposeful life. Nobody said that yet, but we all live purposeful lives. And I wish everybody could live a purposeful life. And um, we often, Sean Benson and I will talk about people who say, oh, no regrets. And we'll say, oh, that's bullshit. Everybody's got a regret. But your answer was an outstanding answer, I think, because you said if you have a, a growth mindset and
1: yeah. you're trying
2: to learn from your mistakes, then you actually don't end up having regrets and like so you're the one who just taught me that tonight like that people could not have regrets if you have a growth mindset and you're learning from your mistakes then they're helping you to become a better person Ben, man it was so awesome talking to you tonight i could have just sat here and listened to you talk you're so passionate and energetic and yeah thanks so much for coming on our show you made us better tonight
1: thank you it's an honor to be here with all of you and just just Great conversation, learned a lot from all of you and and just and and thank you for this opportunity.
0: Uh, Yeah, I just want to say real quick, I love the way you talked about maybe you had more potential as an MMA fighter, but that you know it's not important because when you pivot to what you're doing, like I don't know how many fans you would have had and converted into a better life as a fighter. I don't know, it could have been more, but we do know what you're doing with the time you decided to spend not fighting. And that's incredible. Like it's, it's impossible to overstate uh, that you're doing what we're all talking about and doing, by the way, we're all doing it, but you're just doing it on such a wonderful scale. And uh, we talk episode after episode about how this is just to make people's lives better. And then you're out there offering it to people who might not have found it on their own in the way that we were lucky enough to. Do you have any last words you want to say, or should we say uh, our housekeeping and good evening, Ben, it's your call
1: i just i just love what you all are doing and 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 really tapping into the soul of martial arts and 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 hearing different people's journeys through it it's it's uh i know it's gonna it already you know the work you're doing is inspiring so many and it's just just thank you for the opportunity to be on here and 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 get to know all of you and and uh and uh, yeah i'm sure that we'll, we'll we'll be keeping in touch absolutely
0: it's a pleasure and thanks for coming. Um, before I throw it to Sensei Dolphin for what's up next week, I'm just going to say thanks to Mike Russell, Justin Shea, Andre Satishev, Robert Slumsky, Jesse Villay-Vital, Alden Adair, Sidney Dolphin, Josh Kitchens, and Christiana Landolt for their help behind the scenes. We don't have a show without them. Sensei, what's coming up? And say goodnight for us.
2: Listen, go if you have a person like Ben that you want us to talk to, go to punchkickchokechat.com. Go there, suggest that guest. We want to talk to everybody. Well, not everybody. Sorry, there's some people. I'm not going to say their names. We want to talk to everybody. But we definitely want to talk to people like Ben. So go to punchcakechokechat.com. Give us your suggestions. And if they're good ones, we're going to act upon them for sure. We're stacking up, too. We've got shows already now. We're in June. We're all the way into July. And we're booking into August, which is super exciting. Because it used to be a time when we were, like, struggling to to find somebody next week uh Ryan Bodrig I know him really well really really good jiu jitsu practitioner uh Jamie Mancini Sascino you know him well you want to say a word about him
3: I don't know him well he's another connection through our friend Mark Shalinsky. um uh, but Jamie uh uh I'm looking forward to, to talking to him cuz he's about my size for a change <laughs> which doesn't happen very often <laughs>
2: and then we we got stuff going on, so we're gonna oh, and then sorry, July sixth we got Victorio coming on, who's Jean Yves Teot's uh older brother. he's coming on, he's a big uh kickboxing promoter um big in Canada, good martial artist too, um, so we're gonna be talking to him then we're gonna get into the the spots where we're doing Camp Bushi, we're going out to b c but we got episodes to drop for you that we filmed and we have them in the can. So one of them is uh, Rick Joslin and uh, I'll just say confronting death and leaving behind a legacy. So he's, mm-hmm. we're going to have a show there. Uh, Bernard Lutasur, Ben Lutasur's dad is going to come on. We're going to have a chat with him. 30-year police police officer. Um, you we know, just watched him use a shock knife to make people Realize what a knife will do if you try and fight somebody with a knife. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk to him. And then on July 27th, uh since Legacy and I had a conversation, a private conversation about uh Sokon Bushi Matsumura. And we're gonna drop that one down for people to see. And that's what's coming up, Benson.
0: That's fantastic. Wow. I'm gonna be doing these from Calgary. I'm so excited to uh to be connecting with you from across the continent. And I just want to say thanks, everybody. Thanks again, Ben. What a beautiful night to chat about martial arts. Be safe, everyone, till next week.
1: So, okay, Don't forget like to do a quick shout out, Sensei Sweeney. Uh, Sweeney, remind.